Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Hallelujah. It's just too good in here all day. You get to this point in the gap. Like, we already did this once, and I'm like, I was feeling woozy after that. And then you do it again, and I'm halfway through. I'm like, ah, oh. I could just lay down and, like, and just giggle for the next four hours. I really could. I, honestly, that could happen. I could do that. But I'm choosing to serve you. So say thank you, Caleb. <laughs> just I'm just joking, not joking. Oh, my Lord. The scriptures say if we're out of our minds, it's for God. If we're in our right minds, it's for you. So I'm trying to stay in my right mind for you. Amen. <laughs> oh, last week we started in on this uh this series called The Gospel of the Kingdom, and actually next week, uh, my friend Joseph Matera, who's going to be speaking at the AI conference, he's the, kind of spearheading that conference and that effort, he's actually going to be preaching here. You do not want to miss it. Uh, he's a church planner from New Jersey, over 36 years in ministry, um, apostolic voice. He's an internationally sought-after speaker. He was just in Canada. I mean, he's, he goes all over the place, and he's been writing and teaching on the kingdom for 20-something years. Okay, and just an amazing voice. You do not want to miss it. Like, do whatever you can to get here next week. Um, and he's going to bring this to a close, really, this whole idea. But last week I started in on it, and um, I'm not going to do a big recap. You should go watch it. I'm not going to have a lot of time to talk about what I talked about. But the basic idea is that we need to stop with our partial and lesser gospels that say, your kingdom come, your will be done, get me off of earth and into heaven. Uh-huh. That's what we've prayed in our hearts. We've said the other words, but we said, just get me out of here. There's a lot of escapism in the church. And the last hundred years or so have proven how bad that is for society. When we vacate the spheres of influence, somebody's going to fill the vacuum. You understand? Vacuums suck. And they find stuff. They find stuff. Vacuums suck, and they find stuff. It's going to pull somebody into that place. And we as the church, not always, but like really 100 to 300 years, we've gotten wrapped up in this escapism. And a lot of it has to do with this really bad rapture theology that's not biblical. Jesus never talked about it. Neither did any of the, of the writers. Like, it's an extrapolation from a half of a verse, not even the whole verse. Anyway, I don't have time. Last week I talked about it. You can go back. If you're mad now, wait till you watch last week. You'll be very mad. So it's good. The point is Jesus is returning in bodily form. Amen? We believe in the bodily return of Jesus. Okay. We do not agree with the idea of leaving the earth to rot because he said, as we taught last week, that occupy until I return. He's going to return, and he told us to occupy. And that word occupy in the Greek is do business or make a profit. Make a profit until I return. Christians are like, oh, Christians shouldn't have money. He literally said, make a profit. Now, it's, it's, you can listen to last week. The idea is we are supposed to be servant influencers in society. We're supposed to serve people into the kingdom and serve the H-E-doubles. 
hockey sticks out of them. H-E double hockey sticks out of them. I want to say the actual word. That's why I'm tripping, right? We're supposed to serve the bad out of them and serve them into the good. Are you with me? We're not supposed to say to heaven with us, to you know where with all of you. Ha, 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 ha. I made it. Got my fire insurance. Good luck. That is not the plan. Amen? Okay. Talked about advancing the kingdom in every sphere of influence. And wherever you're planted, whatever you've been given, you are called to bring the kingdom there. No matter where you work, no matter what your family dynamic, no matter what your ethnicity, no matter what your background, no matter what your parents raised you to do, you are called to bring the kingdom to the earth. Salvation gets you into the kingdom, right? You get saved and you get delivered from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of his son. That's great. But the plan is not to just stand in the doorway and celebrate. It's to usher the kingdom into the earth. It's supposed to be vessels of mercy poured out, living epistles read by all men. Hello. Okay. That was last week. And we talked about the kingdom advancing violently, the violent taking it by force. No matter where you're positioned, you're to bring the kingdom. If you have a family, that family should be full of heaven. It should be full of peace. It should be full of the kingdom. Whatever the kingdom is, it should be happening in your family. So men in here, husbands, that's you, bro, just so you know. Stop leaving your praying wife to figure it out. You're welcome. I'm just talking to the guys, so nobody's getting their feelings hurt because you don't have feelings. So I can just pop, pop, pop. I'm leveraging your deception. That's what this is called. <laughs> You're all emotional beings. I know that, but you need to get over it. Don't let your wife lead the spiritual atmosphere of your house. It's not her job. She's doing it because you're not. She would rather you do it, bro. Am I wrong, ladies? Am I wrong? Okay. <laughs> Am I going to make it out of here alive? We'll see. <laughs> Whoa! Listen, I outpray my wife on purpose. Yes, I do. I pray until the Lord releases me from prayer because that's when I know, okay, I've, I've, I'm doing it. Like, he's ordained me to lead my household into the kingdom and the kingdom into my household. Amen? That includes being fruitful and multiply. And we're doing a good job. Jamadi's pregnant, so we're doing that. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You all were so quiet for that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Pray for us. Hallelujah. More arrows in the quiver. So wherever God has called you, your workplace, your family, your friend group, be a voice of the kingdom. Be a servant of the kingdom that serves the world into his wholeness. Are you with me? We're going to get there today. And we're going to jump into Matthew 13, and this was confirmed. The Lord really did me a favor. Uh, we got to be a part of a prayer summit last week. We posted on Facebook, and this is the third year we've been a part of it. Seventy-six pastors from all over the region prayed together in a room for two days, and nobody fought about anything. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> we, no fights broke out, no theological disagreements, nothing. We honored each other, and there, listen, there were everything from Lutherans to me, you know, it's, it's pretty much the, <laughs> the charismaniacs and the, 
Frozen, chosen, you know, everybody in between. <laughs> I'm sorry. They called himself that, all right? So that wasn't a dig, all right? <laughs> it's like, I can testify. Yeah, anyway. But I won't raise my hand because, you know, anyway. Uh, everybody was in that room, focused on Jesus, praying. It was beautiful. It's amazing what God is doing in Tampa Bay. It's not just on Pentecost Sunday at Together, you know? Like, it's all year round. It's awesome. It's awesome. And we were praying, and Monday night I got home from the prayer summit, and I just started actually thinking about this Sunday, which was early for me. I usually have, like, a date with Jesus on Wednesday morning. and like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? But on Monday night I started hearing that, like, okay, Jesus actually explained what the kingdom is, and he took me to uh, Matthew 13 and all these parables about the kingdom and explaining the kingdom. I'm like, so I made a note on my phone. I'm like, all right, sermon notes for Sunday. The gospel of the kingdom part two. Matthew 13, verse 1 through 52. That's pretty much it. That's all my notes right there. That's like, you know. And then at the end of it, there's an amazing verse at the very end of that that we're going to anchor on. But I'm going to read. I'm just going to read it. Okay? Because we have this conviction that let the word speak for itself. We need to let the word do the work. Amen? And this will be more Bible than you've heard in church probably ever. I don't know. Um, hopefully not in this church. Lord help us. But we need to be people of the book. Okay. Four of you agree. We need to treasure the word of God. Like God became man, to, came to the earth and said stuff. We need to care what he said. It was written down. Are you with me? So just going to read this, and then at the very end, I'm going to read you a list because that was Monday night. Tuesday morning, we go back to the prayer summit. This is all relevant, I promise. And the facilitator goes, hey, okay, this is what we're going to do for this next session. We're just going to say the kingdom of God is blank, and we're all just going to share about the kingdom, and my whole team looks at me like, oh, we're just talking about the kingdom. It was like this very like, and I'm like, I pulled out my phone to a couple, like, look. And he says, we're going to go to Matthew 13. I'm like, ah. I'm like, look. So this has been confirmed. I feel good about it. We're going to read it, and we're going to expect the Lord to breathe on it. But then I'm going to share with you the list, all right? We all, all 76 of us or so said the kingdom is blank. The kingdom is this. The kingdom, and they actually, Heather Jones was our scribe. She wrote it on the board. Okay, and so I copied it down. I have a whole list of everything that was written up there. And you're going to be pastored by the pastors of the region today because we're just going to come into agreement with this beautiful, diverse list of describing the kingdom. Are you with me? Okay, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you opened your disciples' minds to understand. You opened their minds to understand comprehend the word. It says you breathed on them and you open their minds to the scriptures. God, we're praying that you do that right now. Come on. Pray for yourself. Lord, open my mind to the scriptures. Give me a mind to understand. Help me to be one who comprehends the truth, the depth of what you said. And Lord, even if we've memorized Matthew 13, we say, show us new things, Father. Show us brand new things that we never saw before. We thank you for the depth of your word. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we don't have it on the screens, and that's on purpose. I'd like you to use one of these things or a Bible app. That for the podcast, that was me trying to make the paper sound, you know, whatever. Doesn't work. 
I like paper Bibles. I preach from a tablet, you know, whatever. But this, I read a paper Bible. I want you to get your Bible out or get your phone out. I'm going to read Matthew 13, almost the entire chapter, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version, if you'd like to follow along that way. But you can read it from whatever translation you want. I'll give you a second to find it. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. So if you open up the middle of your Bible and just start turning to the right, you'll find it. Okay? You will find it. Everybody ready? We're going to read and we're going to take our time. Just going to take our time. And we're going to see it as we read it. This is part of the problem is we read our Bibles and we don't let it hit any of us. We just like it goes in one ear out the other. We just kind of like read it mindlessly. So we're going to open our minds to the scripture. The Lord's going to help us. Amen. All right. We're going to take our time here. Matthew 13, verse 1 says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. Say great crowds. Think of what a great crowd looks like. A great crowd. Gathers about him. So that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. So this great crowd decides to stand on the beach and listen to Jesus in a boat. It was actually really brilliant because the sound would travel better off of the waves, off the water. He, he was the first one to, un, he made acoustics, you know, so he knew. He knew. <laughs> and so this is how everybody heard this stuff. Really cool. Are you ready? It says, and he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. Say the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, say the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. I'm struggling to not stop right now. I'm trying to decide, is this the Lord or should I just keep reading? Yeah, a lot of us want the quick move of God, but it's actually leading, it ends in being scorched. You want the fast fruit, like the fast food of the kingdom, but it ends up burnt. No fast fruit in the kingdom. Okay. I've never said that before in my life. Like, I've read this a lot. The Lord is teaching us stuff. See how that works? It's great. It's, so, it's like these words are alive or something. Anybody else feel that? Like, well, it's living. It's active. Oh, wow. Whew, the sun rose and they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Fast fruit equals no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns. Say the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain. Say good soil. Producing grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. That was the end of his sermon. All right, moving on. To the next town. And everybody's like, we came to the beach for that? Anybody else, anybody else seeing this? Like, would anyone else be like, what? 
Explain it. Where's my three points in a poem? I don't know where to fill in the blank. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I need to fill in the blank. It bothers me there's a blank. I need to fill in a blank. I love filling the blanks. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying. Then the disciples, verse 10, came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? They're thinking, well, we're like, why don't you just explain something, Jesus? He answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Can we say that together? Say, to me it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, all right, not everyone said it. Let's do it again. To me... It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been, he said. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says... You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. Say it's about the heart. You notice he says, they have eyes, but don't see. They have ears, but don't hear. But it's not about their eyes or their ears. It has nothing to do with their eyes or their ears. It has everything to do with their heart. He's saying, I'm revealing their heart by speaking in mysterious ways because they think they can see, they think they can hear, but their heart has grown dull. They're not connecting at a heart level. The center of them is not moved because they need to understand to be moved. They're not believers. They're understanders. Many of us want to be understanders more than we want to be believers. And we worship our understanding of the word and not the word himself. And if that offends you, hopefully it offends your butt right into the kingdom. Haha. -ha. <laughs> Verse 15, for this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and, with, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So many of us are like, I wish I just lived in the days of David. I wish I would have seen the giants. I wish I was. No, you don't. That tells me you have no perception of the value of this covenant that we're in. You have no perception of this side of the cross. If you're looking for that, you don't know what you got. Just saying. He said it right there. They long to see what you see. And they did not see it. And they longed to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. Verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, say the word of the kingdom. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. 
And this is what was sown along the path. Did you see the turning here? He spoke to the crowd with parables, but then they asked him about it. And they asked him with their hearts, open to hear. Lord, explain this to us. And he said, you've been given the secrets because you wanted a heart to understand. And then he came to and explained it to them. So I'll tell you what the path is. And this is where he starts teaching on the parable. Are you hearing this? Is everyone okay? <laughs> Verse 20, as for the, that what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself. But endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and it proves unfruitful. That's things like asking money permission to obey God. That's the deceitfulness of riches. When God says do it, you do it. It made no sense for us to plant this church. It made no sense for us to expand to multiple campuses. It made no sense. We ain't even got sense, like no literal sense or financial sense, like the pennies weren't even there. And we did it, and God is bearing fruit through those, those obedient actions. Amen? And here we are. Amen? Oh. The riches of the world... The deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Verse 23, as for what was sown on good soil, say good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. All right, come on. Say, Father, I want to hear and understand. I want to hear and understand. Every time you speak, I want to hear and understand so that I be good soil. Come on. I want to be good soil. That means I need to not only hear, I need to understand. So, Lord, I believe you. And you, believing you will lead me into your understanding. When you believe him, you don't need to lean on your own understanding. But believing him leads you into understanding. Trusting in his word as truth actually leads you into understanding. Thank you, Jesus. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case 100 and another 60 and another 30. I love how that's like descending. Because we think, we would say 130, 160, 100. Like that would be better. Right? But he says 100, 160, 130. Because it's not about the yield. It's not about what's produced. It's about knowing him. It's like knowing him with your heart. Come on. I got I to gotta keep going here. All right. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds... You root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. 
He who has ears, ears, let him hear. Verse 31, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. Sow that. Say sow that. This is the purpose of it growing to be a tree. So that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. It's a resting place. Verse 34, all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. See, again, they sought out understanding. They opened their heart to hear more. They weren't content with what they heard because they didn't understand it. Many of you are like hearing God but not seeking understanding for what he said. And then you get frustrated with him because you misinterpreted what he said. And you're like, you said da-da-da-da-da, and it didn't happen. He's like, you didn't ask me to explain it. You didn't ask me to, to actually unveil to you what I meant by that. I think a lot of us hear God extremely accurately. I think 99% of us actually hear God extremely well. And 99% of us misinterpret what he says. Because <laughs> we don't go to him and say, what meaneth this, Jesus? <laughs> what? Does that mean? That's what they did. The disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Verse 37. Are we okay? Yes. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Listen carefully. The field is the world. What is the field? And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. You see, sons are seed. Seed, the seeds are sons. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, say found. A man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. What's the field? The world. Yeah. What's the treasure? Us. What gets sown in the field? Sons. Come on, these things, he's building on something now. He who has ears, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Say, in search. In search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. We've said Jesus is the pearl of great price. No, Jesus is the merchant. 
We are the pearl of great price. The redemption price that was paid was to buy us back. It's so good to just read Jesus' words. So just so wonderful. Isn't it great? I want to encourage you to read this to yourself out loud. Something happens when you're reading it to yourself out loud. Don't just listen to it on the, take time and read it to yourself. Hear yourself reading it. Something happens. Anyway, it's happening to me right now, so I want it to happen to you. Verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. I'm going to read that sentence very slowly right now, and I want you to hear it. The angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. One more time. The angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous. Listen, you're awesome. You can be angelic at times, but you ain't no angel. Why are you trying to separate the evil from the righteous? It's not your job. It's not our job to say, that one's evil, that one's righteous, that one's evil, that one's righteous, that one's evil, that one's righteous. Stop it. That's why you're bad at it. It's not your job. <laughs> we suck at that. Anybody want to say amen? Like, we're bad at that. Because we're not equipped for it because we don't need that equipment. It's not our job. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous. Stop trying to do angels' jobs. They have a job. You have a job. Okay? Good? <laughs> In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Verse 51. He says, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. It's a bold answer, Peter. <laughs> James, Philip, seriously, you understood all those things? All of them? I think it was a nervous yes. They're like, yes. It's <laughs> like Sunday school answers, right? <laughs> Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, this is the part I just want you to zero in on here. He says, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. I'm going to read that in the Passion Translation. It says, he responded, every scholar of the scriptures who is instructed in the ways of heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy homeowner with his house filled with treasures both new and old. And he knows how and when to bring them out to show others. Every single one of us need to become that kind of homeowner. He didn't say every scribe of the kingdom is like a traveling merchant. He didn't say they're like a, like a vagabond. He said they're like a homeowner. Are you hearing this? They have a place to remain, a place to abide. They're not saying, get me out of here, Lord. 
They're not saying, I need to be rescued from this. They're saying, I belong here, and I have treasure for you. What do you do with treasure? You treasure it. New and old. You don't just, if you have a house, and you have a vault in your house, and it's got gold bricks and rubies and things like that right in the middle of your house, you don't open the vault, open the front door, sit on the front porch and say, hey, look at all my treasure. Everybody, slow down. Slow your car. Come look at my treasure. Who does that? Nobody does that, right? That means you're not valuing it very much because they won't take it. If it's truly treasure, are you hearing me? What do you do? It says he knows when to bring it out. Old things and new things. There are old established truths. There are things that have been established since the beginning of the age, and we need to know when to bring them out. When they are actually most helpful. When they'll be valued properly. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say your... I want to be gentle. I just remember we're on live stream. Okay. It changes things, y'all. You understand? Because I'm talking to all y'all, but I'm not just talking to all y'all. I'm talking to everybody who can watch this later. And they don't love me nearly as much as you love me. All right. I, I know you love me. You know me. We're together. We're t- but my frenemies on Facebook, they, I want to be like a wise homeowner who brings out treasure, both new and old. Okay? This is what I'm saying. There is no appropriate defaulting in the kingdom of God. There is no default. There is no, this, in this situation, I do this. No, there's wisdom. I have, do I have treasure for that? Is it an established treasure? Is it a new treasure? What I'm saying is if you think there's only one way for people to encounter Jesus and you go around doing things like knocking on their door of their heart and saying, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, you're going to hell. You know, turn and burn. Like we've been taught that that's actually advancing the kingdom. That's not what this describes. You've got to know when to bring out the treasure. You cannot default into robotic, systematic things. Any system, listen to me, any system placed above the Holy Spirit is pure evil. You make that system your God. You're now worshiping idols. I said it last week. People got mad on the internet, so I'm going to repeat it. I'm not repeating it for repeating its sake, but there is no prayer of salvation. There's a person of salvation. There's a person of salvation. I'm not upset with the prayer of salvation. I prayed one, and I was saved. Amen? You got to know when to bring out which treasure. You got to know which treasure is needed. Yes, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, I understand. I know. I even know where it is. Okay? The point is, if you're a scholar of the kingdom, not, uh, help me, Jesus. I'm trying to be kind right now. If we are those who are trying to understand the kingdom of God, we don't need notches on our belt for how many people pray to prayer. We don't need numbers to brag about at the end of the year. We need to bring out the treasure new and old. There might be something crazy God asks you to do. And that crazy thing you've never seen or heard of before, 
but it might lead somebody into the kingdom. It might lead a thousand people into the kingdom. If you are a student of the, a scholar, a scribe of the kingdom, you're going to be okay with the old and the new. We're not saying throw out, confess with your heart and believe in your mouth, or believe in your mouth, confess in your heart, Jesus Christ is the Lord. We're not saying throw it out. That's a treasure, amen? That's a treasure. And you need to know when to bring it out. But sometimes it looks like this. Are you okay? No, really. Are you okay? And then shutting up and listening. They will, at times, they will see the person of salvation in that more clearly than you talking the whole time. I'm saying it calls for wisdom. Are you with me? You're called to advance the kingdom, not to just get people to say a prayer or to whatever. I'm harping on that because it, it just seems to be like our end goal. We got to break that idea. It's not our end goal. Our end goal is to see the kingdom advance. You understand God has advanced his kingdom through wicked people for a long time. He lets the weeds and the wheat grow together. And you're trying to separate it. You're trying to make sure that wicked person prays a prayer. And God's like, it's a weed. I'm good with it. Some of you are not okay with what I'm saying. And I'm okay with that. God is sovereign. He knows the heart of every man. And when we act like we know the heart of every man, we are not stewarding the treasure of the kingdom. We need to simply understand it, be a scholar of it, and say, what am I bringing today, Lord? How am I helping my boss today? How am I helping my brother today? How am I to help my workplace today? How am I to help my family today? What treasure do you have for my kids this morning? And I'm not saying we throw out the old things. I personally, I am discipling my sons, okay? I'm discipling my sons. We say the Lord's Prayer every single night. That's an old treasure. I bring it out every night. In their bedroom, we say it every night. We also, I teach them the hires way. We honor everyone. We never give up. We always be thankful, and we go with Holy Spirit. They can say that to you right now. My four-year-old can say that to you. I have to cue him, but he'll say it. I say, we honor. He goes, everyone. <laughs> say, we never give up. We always be thankful, and we go with Holy Spirit. He always says it like that. I don't know why. Shiloh, Holy Spirit. Or like, Holy Spirit. I don't know why. He just... He's so silly. I'm not, I'm not saying we throw out traditions. That's treasure. Old treasure. Established treasure. Do not move a boundary line that your ancestors have placed. Amen? But we got to do the new thing that he's doing. That makes us scribes of the kingdom. I'm going to read this list and we'll be done here. This is the list that all the pastors of the region, the leaders of the region came up with. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you to hear the multi, you know, faceted wisdom of God. This is what we said at that meeting. All of us, all the voices together. One, one said this, the kingdom of God is alive and growing. The kingdom of God is not talk, but power. The kingdom of God is meek and for the meek. Meekness is power under control. It's in my head. Meekness ain't weakness, you know. This phrase is in my head. The kingdom of God is not instant, and it has a process. 
Oh, I know. Charismatics hate that one. It's right here, y'all. A seed planted that grows. You ever seen a, tr a tree pop up overnight? And if you did, it's going to be gone tomorrow, scorched. No root. Hello? That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is a process. Some of you are so frustrated with yourself, and God's totally fine with your lack of maturity. You ever stood and shouted at a tree for not growing fast enough? Good, because you'd put, be put in a mental asylum. You'd be, someone would, would stop you. <laughs> it's not instant. It has a process. The kingdom of God is a culture that looks like the fruit of the Spirit. The culture is the fruit of the Spirit. The kingdom of God, you're going to love this one, is hard work. Sowing seeds, reaping harvest, you know, fishing. He compared it to all this work. We're the resting place, not the lazy place. We're working from rest, amen? Patrick's yawning because he was here first, putting out signs for you all this morning. All right? I saw that yawn. That man's working. He's advancing the kingdom by being like, parking here. Because we're in like this, not where churches meet, you know, whatever. One of my friends said, this is the worst place in the world for a church. And I said, yeah, but it's where God put us, so it's the best place in the world for our church. <laughs> he didn't mean it meanly. But anyway. The kingdom of God is not limited to four walls. Somebody say amen. The kingdom of God is bringing heaven to earth. I'm just reading the list that they said. The kingdom of God is proven by truly loving the least of these. The kingdom of God is upside down. The kingdom of God is people walking in obedience. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is a walk of faith. The kingdom of God is a party. That was my contribution. And no one seems shocked at my contribution. They're like, of course you would say that. I'm like, what? Matthew 25, it's a wedding feast. It's, you know, anyway. The kingdom of God is near. It's full of healing. It's full of giving. The kingdom of God is open to all, but not received by all. The kingdom is full of old and new treasures. The kingdom of God is a merchant seeking people out. The kingdom of God is per pervasive and invasive. The kingdom of God is of the children. The kingdom of God is first priority. The kingdom of God is a war zone. Oh, yeah. The kingdom of God separates these fish, those fish, weeds, wheat, sheep, goats, Matthew 24, I believe. The kingdom of God is a word that must be responded to. The kingdom of God needs to be cultivated. And last one, the kingdom of God is a family. Isn't that a good list? So good. Aren't you glad you have shepherds like that all through Tampa Bay? That, that's from the mind of the shepherds of Tampa Bay. So good. So good. Jesus, we ask you to make us scribes of the kingdom. Come on. Lord, we want to be trained in the kingdom of heaven so that we'd be like the master of a house, bringing out treasures both new and old. Lord, we ask you to give us a mind to understand so that, come on, say so that, 
Give me a mind to understand so that I can bring out the treasures of the kingdom at the right time, the right ones at the right time. Lord, we thank you for speaking through your word today. God, we say deepen us in your word. God, I pray today would spark a hunger in those who don't enjoy reading your word. I pray this would have been like when you bake fresh bread and you can smell it coming from the other room and you just need it. <laughs> Let that be the need for the word, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to welcome up our prayer team and Pastor Abraham. Give it up for Abraham. He's going to close us out. Come on. You all stand with us, please. We're going to end our day together. Amen. I mean, that was the second time I heard that message today. And Jesus Christ, the second time was even better. I'm like sitting there blown away. Oh, yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure box, right? And he said the kingdom of heaven is like a man that was looking for a treasure. And he hid the treasure. And he went and bought the land so he could have the treasure and the land. Earth is the treasure box. And we are all those children hidden in earth. We are the seeds. God was, they just went with glory soaking right there. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> But as Caleb was speaking, I'll say this. When God made man, he made man out of the dirt of the earth. But then what did God put in man? He put breath. He put his spirit. And that's when man became alive. You're not just this person. You literally carry the spirit of God inside of you. And you look at yourself just through the lens of dust, through the lens of earth. But you are spirit hidden in earth so you are royalty you are holy you are chosen you are appointed you are the head and not the tail you are on the top and not the bottom you are first and not last you are more than an overcomer through christ jesus and that is the kingdom of heaven you see all those little kids that's every single one of you in this room Regardless if you were abused, if you were rejected, if you were abandoned, if you were beaten, if you were criticized and bullied, this is who God sees. Precious little children of God that have been sent to the face of the earth to bring joy and peace and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and spread the light of God all over the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are a city set up on a hill. We should be like the disciples. I heard this word, but this week, start searching. God has the prophetic encounters coming up. Come and encounter who you are prophetically. We have glory soaking. Come and abide and, and find out who you are because you're talented. You're creative. You have songs inside of you that you're afraid to release. And God's saying, let it out. There's messages. There's poems. There's so much in you that God is ready to release. The AI conference is here. God is teaching you to be the head and not the tail, to be first and not last, to go in the front lines and not the back lines. We are the champions of heaven. It doesn't look like it, but let me tell you, we're beautiful. We look like our Father. And the scripture says that we will be like Him. So if you need prayer, come and pray. When we pray for each other, we're lifting each other's arms. If you're weak, if you know you've been going through depression and anxiety and fear, and you've been going through lack, come and get a prayer. Let's bless you. 
Let's just bless you and encourage you and bless somebody else. Give them a hug. If you need a hug, hug somebody else. Stop waiting for somebody to give you something and give the very thing you think you need. You already got it. The reason you notice there's a need is because you are there to provide it. All of you are chosen. All of you are appointed in Jesus' name. So come on, let's raise our hands. Father God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your children be made manifest on the face of the earth, Father God. I pray for every ear in this place that they will hear your voice. Not that they would just know the written word, but that they will know the word that speaks. The person, the word. Father God, I pray for divine encounters this week with your children, Father God. Encounters of love and hope, Father God. That they will see themselves for who they are. For they are the champions. They are a chosen generation. They are a royal priesthood. They are a holy nation. And they've been chosen to announce the virtues of the one that has brought them from darkness into marvelous light. That they will go in peace. And in glory, Father God, I pray, Lord, that they will roar like lions this week. That they will go to work and school. That they will go home. And that your glory will be made manifest everywhere your children step. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. You said whatever we ask in your name, we should receive. So we humbly come before your throne of grace. And we boldly cry out, Father God, bless your people. Raise your people up, Father God. And teach them that they are more than overcomers through you, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and keep you. God shine his face upon you. God be gracious to you. God turn his face towards you and God give you peace. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.